Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I really love revival services. That's why I always enjoy to go to the mission trip because when we go to mission trip, we always have revival services and it's wonderful. Tonight, I would like to talk about one subject and I may have to talk about this subject for a while. The Lord spoke to me to bring this subject to the church here. And the reason I want to tell you, the reason I want to bring this subject because I just came back from Switzerland and Germany. Uh, we have two camps, one camp in Germany and another camp in Switzerland. And God really showed me the importance of welcoming and ushering the glory of the Lord. In this camp, God really spoke to me. I have so much conviction that we need to be hungry for the glory of the Lord. What happened? One lady, I shared this on Sunday already. We don't have the testimony in English, but I put the testimony in YouTube already in Thai. This lady, she was deaf because of the ear infection for 40 years. And she suffered so much with pain because of the destruction in the ear. But one day, while she was worshiping God in the prayer meeting, and she just sat there and it welcome the glory of the Lord. She is one of our uh, followers in Frankfurt, Germany. And the presence of God or the glory of the Lord showed up in her room and touched her. And the Lord performed surgery on her ear, completely healed. She could hear all the symptoms was gone. And when I heard that testimony, wow, that should happen to everybody. Is that right? And in the camp this year, from the first service in the camp in Germany and Switzerland, from the first service, the glory of the Lord was so strong every meeting. I believe one of the reasons because people who came to the camp were so hungry for God. They wanted God so badly. And people got miracle. Demons come out from people. People heard the voice of God. God spoke to them specifically for that direction. It's so wonderful to be soaking in the glory of God like that. So after I finished all the camps and I was on the plane, and I was so impressed with what God could do when the glory of the Lord showed up, I said to God, God, I'm more hungry for your glory than ever before. And I want to have more glory in my life. I want to have the glory of the Lord in my church and in my ministry. Everywhere I go, the glory will fall from heaven. Thick glory. That's my prayer and my desire. So I would like to talk about the glory of the Lord. Tonight, I would like to talk about the definition of the glory. Before I preach, I want to say something here. Because I'm a teacher and a pastor, therefore, I have the privilege to study the Bible and teach different subjects in detail. And I'll notice something. 
that as a believer, we study the Bible, and the Holy Spirit reveals the subject to us in our spirit. We call revelation. The light is just not the head knowledge, just something decorate in your brain, but it's the light, the revelation that come to your heart. And when you understand, you receive that light, and you have faith in that light or the truth, and it really impacts your life. Now understand why we need to study the Bible. I give you example. Many years ago, I taught the sermon called Great Grace. More than 20 sermons. I got into detail about the grace of God. And after I finished preaching about the grace of God, it's amazing. Anytime I think about this word, the whole Bible about the grace is in my mind, in my spirit. And I can hook up to the grace of God within one second because I have faith and understanding of the grace of God deeper than 20 years ago. When I preach about being led by the Spirit in the past two years, every time I think about God lead me, all those 27 sermons pop. It's like one word, led by the Spirit, one sentence, it's all... And I understand everything, and I know how to hook up to the Holy Spirit right away. Because the word regarding being led by the Spirit is in my heart. And I believe and I walk in it. It's a revelation to me. Amen. When I read the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, the whole thing about grace pop up in my spirit. And I understand everything. I can hook up to the grace of God easily because I understand what the word of God says in the Bible. I want to encourage all of you with today's technology and provision from God. Don't waste the teaching in our church. Please listen to every teaching, every series, again and again, until you make sure that you understand that topic very well and it becomes part of your life, that you walk in it and you experience it. In the same way, we heard the word, the glory, a lot. In the church, we talk about the glory. And how many Christians understand when you say the glory, what it means? If you don't understand, how can you connect your faith with the word the glory? We cannot please God without faith. How can we receive something? We receive by faith. In order to have faith, we need to understand in our spirit. And connect that understanding or revelation with faith in our heart. And the more you understand, the more faith you have in that subject or in that truth, the more you receive and the more you shall experience. I believe that most Christians in the world, when we talk about the word glory, sometimes you sing glory. Oh, the glory is here. How many of you understand when you sing, Oh, the glory is here? Do you understand? I hope you do. But I believe many of you don't have any clue what you're thinking about, what you're talking about. Therefore, 
This is a Bible study. I'm not preaching. I'm gonna teach you the Bible. I don't know. I can finish the whole sermon or not. If I have enough time, otherwise I will continue next time. We're gonna talk about the word the glory, what it means. We're gonna look through the Bible together. And after you listen to this teaching again and again, I hope you go back home and listen again. You will understand right away. Pop when the word of glory come up. You understand, and you can connect to that word by faith right away. The book of Psalm, chapter one o four, verse thirty one. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in His works. He works by His glory, and this is the prayer of the psalmist. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. This should be our prayer: the glory of the Lord endure in my life until the last day before I go to heaven. The glory of the Lord will not die down in this church, but it will increase and increase in this house as years go by. We want the glory of the Lord to stay forever. The word "the glory" is a common word that we read in the Bible, and we talk about it off and on. So we're going to look at the word "glory." The word "glory" refers to a number of things. That when you say "glory," what it means? First of all, look at Romans chapter three, verse twenty-three. The first meaning now. When we talk about all this meaning, you need to understand that you don't separate them; they're all together. The word "glory" is a big word, and when you say it, it means everything that I can explain in this sermon. Romans chapter three, verse twenty-three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The first definition of the word "the glory of God" is that it refers to His. Standards of moral excellence. He is perfect. He never sin. He never make any mistake. He is excellent in his moral conduct, in his moral words, and his standard is so high that there is no sin at all. So when we say we all have sinned and fall short of God's standards of moral excellence, all of us, compared to the standard of God, we all imperfect. We all have sinned against God. We are not perfect people. We have done wrong, but God is so perfect; He never sinned. Jesus never sinned when He came into the world. When you read the full gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ, you notice that Jesus never sinned. He held the moral standard or excellency of the Father. Jesus is perfect, and that's why the Bible describes Jesus this way in the book of Hebrews, chapter one, verse three. I will go slowly so that you can follow me. Hebrews chapter one verse three describe the Lord Jesus Christ, who means Jesus, being the brightness of His glory 
of the Father's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The New International Version say, The sun is the radiance. Everyone say brightness. Everyone say radiance. The sun of Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. God the Father is in heaven. The Son came into the world in the form of a man. He held, he had the standards of moral excellence of the Father in him and through him. Everywhere he went, he shone, he revealed, he showed the brightness of God's perfection. That's why he's called brightness of God's glory. God is so perfect that when he shows up, that it will come with brightness, with the light of God. Therefore, the word, the word glory is associated with the word brightness and radiance of God. What happened when Jesus was born? The brightness of God's glory illuminated the night sky to the point that the shepherds were very terrified. The sky, the night sky had big light because the glory of the Lord showed up. The word the glory is associated with brightness and radiance. I hope that we all live a holy life that our life will shine like Jesus, will shine the brightness of God. Everywhere we go, we're going to shine the brightness and the radiance of the Lord because we behold the glory of the Lord. Don't believe in the teaching. Just say, because we have grace, we can sin and we can live a loose life. That is not right. We should live a holy life. We should hold the standard of God's perfection and God's moral standard and excellency. In the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 9, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, before the shepherd. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. You see, because of his perfection came, the glory of the Lord came, it came with brightness, the light. How many people want to go everywhere and you hold the glory and illuminate everywhere you go with the brightness of God? I pray that you will be like Jesus. Everywhere you go, you shine the brightness and the radiance of the Lord because you walk in the glory. Because you are not goofy around and sinning against God. You keep your heart right. You try to hold the standard of God's moral excellence. Amen? I'm going to teach about this one of these days on Sunday, about how to walk that way. I already wrote the sermon, but it's not for tonight. Tonight, just talk about the definition of the glory. So the glory is God's standard of his moral excellence. 
that will lead to radiance and brightness and the light of God. Have you ever heard the word Shekinah glory? Shekinah glory. That word means glorious presence. It means that God shows up, the presence of God. And the glory of the Lord, when it shows up in the tabernacle, when it showed up in the temple of God, in that generation, it illuminates the temple and the tabernacle. Throughout the journey of the Hebrews in the wilderness, the cloud of glory, the pillar of cloud, and the pillar of fire, Chikana glory, hover over the tabernacle and was with all these millions of the Hebrews every single day, leading them, protecting them, showing the light to them, and they were walking with the glory. I believe that the story about Moses and the Hebrews people who left Egypt and wanted to go into the promised land is the shadow of what we should do today. If they walk with the glory, we should walk with the glory too. Is that right? We should have the thick glory in our life. We should welcome the tangible presence of God in our life. I pray that that is my life and that is your life and that is our church, that we welcome the tangible presence of the Lord. The Bible says, in the book, Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 to 38. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. How many people want the glory filled your church? How many people want the glory filled your house? I want the glory filled my life, my house, my church, everywhere we go. Next week, I'm going to have a big meeting in Bangkok and also in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I pray that the glory will show up in those cities. When the meeting, the worship starts, the glory will come. And fill that place. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. So the glory led them. We should be led by the Spirit. We should be led by the glory of the Lord. Before I perform surgery, I pray. Lord, your presence is with me today. You're going to lead my hands, my eyes, every single step when I perform the operation. You tell me what to do. You guide me. You lead me just like what you did to the children of Israel. And the Bible continued to say, For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and the fire was over it by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel, throughout all 
their journeys. We can put in throughout our life until we go to heaven. I want to be that kind of man. I want to have a thick glory in my life. I want to be led by the glory throughout my journey on earth here. And one day I will see God face to face. But while I'm on earth, I want to live a life that will match with God's standard of moral excellence. I want to shine the light of God in the society everywhere I go. And I want God's tangible presence to be on me. Sometimes even in the operating room when I change my clothes, I feel the presence of God. In the operating room, I feel the presence of God on my body. I drive the car, I feel the presence of God. I want the glory on me all the time. And I want it thicker and thicker as years go by. Throughout all the journey of my life, I want the glory to be with me. Amen? So the first definition is that the glory of the Lord refers to God's standard of moral excellence that will shine the light of God into the society. And then when the glory show up, there will be something happening. The word the glory of the Lord in the Hebrew language came from the word kabod or kabod. This word, when the Old Testament used this Hebrew language, it means the weighty presence of God manifested to the people. Everyone say heavy. heavy. Everyone say weighty. weighty. Presence of Yahweh manifested to me. We want the tangible, thick presence of God manifest to us every single day, every meeting. We want the tangible presence of God. That's what I experienced in Germany and Switzerland in this trip. The tangible presence of the Lord. So that is the second meaning of the word, the glory, kabod. Worthy presence of the Lord. The Bible says that in the minds of the Hebrews or the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they believe according to the word of God, God is present everywhere. God is everywhere. In other words, his presence could not be avoided. You can hide in your bedroom and do something bad there. And you think no one can see. God will see. He is everywhere. In the book of Psalm, chapter 139, verse 8. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So the psalmist tried to say that God is everywhere. One of the characteristics of God is omnipresence. God is everywhere, omnipresence. This characteristic of God is not shared with other gods. You cannot contain God in the wooden image. You cannot put God in a picture and say, God, you come with me here on this picture. You cannot. 
No one can contain God in any vessel. He is everywhere. But other gods can be in an idol. I'm talking about small g gods. Demons and evil spirits, they are only at one place at one time. Satan is at one place at one time. Only our Jehovah, our God, can be everywhere. He is everywhere existent. So that is the truth in the Bible. But he is not present in the same way everywhere all the time. His presence can manifest in a different way and at the varying or different levels and measures and intensity and in the different form. I heard that sometime in the presence of God move in Germany this time, when we begin to move in the Holy Spirit, one member there say that they feel the wind hit them. The presence of God, the glory of the Lord, manifests as the wind to her. But somebody else say, I feel heat in my whole body. I feel the presence of God like a heat in my whole body. When your hand touch me, I feel the, the heat come into my body. So the presence of God is everywhere, but the way he manifests himself can be different at different measure and level and in different ways, in different forms. Whatever he wants to do, he is the one who makes choice, not me. He can do whatever he wants, so we let him do whatever he wants. The glory of the Lord can show up in a different way. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people did not worship the cloud, but they know that God shows up in the pillar of cloud. They could see with their own eyes the cloud. The glory of the Lord is there. His weighty presence, his heavy presence is with the cloud. The manifestation of his presence to the eyes of human beings, seeing the cloud, seeing the fire. But his presence was there. On the day that they do the dedications of the tabernacle and the temple of Solomon, what happened? Let me read in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. The time of dedication of the tabernacle. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Wow, would it be nice that the glory of the Lord appeared to all of you and you can feel, you can see, you can sense everybody. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. A lot of people say that Pastor Lao is crazy. Tell people to fall down. I don't believe in falling. They never read the Bible. If you read the Bible, when the presence of God show up, people fall. Amen. Either fall because they lose strength or they fall because they want to give glory to God. They want to humble themselves and show reference to the presence of God. Nothing wrong to, to fall in the church. Amen? 
Nothing wrong to fall before the presence of God. That is the tabernacle. Okay, the tabernacle, what happened? The glory show up. The fire from heaven come down to the burnt offering. Let's look at many thousand years later in the temple of Solomon. When Solomon, Second Chronicle, chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. The glory and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Is it the same? Sound like same thing happened in the tabernacle and now in the temple. Similar situation happened here. And the priest could not enter. The other scriptures say Moses and Aaron could not enter the tabernacle. The same thing. Could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground and uh, on the pavement, again, people bowed down and fell down in the presence of God and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and for his mercy endures forever. At the time of the dedications of the tabernacle and of the temple, the same thing happened. The glory came. The fire fell and fell on the burnt offering. And the priests and the people could not function. When I read this scripture, I remember one time I went to Hong Kong to preach there. And one day, one of the services, I lay hand on these Hong Kong Christians. And the presence of God was so strong. This is about maybe 15, 20 years ago. The presence of God was so strong, everyone got touched. And the presence of God came on me. I could not stand. I have to hang on to the microphone pole because it was so heavy on me. And eventually, I have to kneel down because the presence of God was strong on me. And when I felt that way, I remembered the scripture. The priest could not function. The glory was so strong. Actually, it happened to me the first night, as I remember, the first night or second night on Saturday in Germany. After I lay hand on people, at the end, I, I'm the last one. I got drunk in the Holy Spirit. I laughed. I got drunk. I have to lie down. And the German men have to come and carry me up on the chair. The presence of God was so strong on me. It was so awesome. And it's so wonderful to be in the presence of God. And I say, I don't want you to leave God. And at midnight, I still have a lot of energy on me because the glory of the Lord was on me on that night. You look so excited. Really? Who cares? If I listen to this kind of preaching, I would say, me too. I would get excited. I hope you don't say, who cares? 
I don't care. Glory for you, not for me. I don't care about the glory. That's why sometimes I love to go to mission trip. People, because when I preach like this, people, yes, amen, me too. People shout. They want it. <laughs> But in America, <laughs> really? Mm, okay. <laughs> ah. At the time of dedications, the fire of God came down. The glory came down onto the tabernacle and on the temple. The reason God showed up that day because He want to tell the people that this house is my house. You need to honor me. You need to honor this house is sanctified. It belongs to me. You need to show reference to me in my house. Two, the fire of God came into the offerings to show them that He accepted their offerings. Number one, this is the sanctified holy temple of God. You need to honor His temple. Two, He accepted the offerings that the Jewish people gave to Him. How about today? What happened today? Now we want to apply to today. The Bible say we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible say in First Peter chapter two that we are the priests, holy priests of God, and we bring spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. Before I go to that direction, let me explain to you something. I thank God. For the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand this. We, as human being, we sin against God. We rebel against God. So we live in shame, and we live in rejection. We cannot connect to God ourselves because we sin against God. And we live in shame. How many people in the world are depressed? Have to take antidepressant? They feel guilty on the inside of them. They live in shame. But thank the Lord Jesus Christ, He came into the world, and without any glory in the human form, and then He went to the cross to be rejected by the Father. You remember on the cross, the Bible say. The Father turned His face away from Jesus. He rejected the sin that was on the body of Jesus Christ on that day, and not only that, He was put to shame on the cross, naked, nailed, bleeding. He was put to shame on the cross, so that He took our shame, He took our rejection. So that God can give us glory and acceptance, there is an exchange at the cross. Jesus took what we deserve: rejection and shame, and He gave us glory, and He gave us also the acceptance from the Father. 
Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 the Bible say for it was fitting for him for Jesus for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering so in other words after we believe in Jesus we put our faith in the Lord we can step in to receive the glory from God. We can live in the glory now. We don't have to live in shame anymore. We don't have to live in rejection anymore. God accept my body at his temple. Like God accept the tabernacle and the temple of Solomon. I hope my teaching is clear. Are you following me? Okay. <laughs> so, our body is like that tabernacle, like that temple. And now, through Jesus Christ, he accepts my body now. He accepts my life to be the temple. And I can receive the glory. The glory can come on me. The fire of God can come on me. And after I give my life to Jesus, I say, Jesus, now I am your servant. I am your child. I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to give you spiritual sacrifices. My time is your time. My money is your money. Everything in my life, I give to you as a living sacrifice. I am a living sacrifice on the altar. And I expect God to send his fire on me. As he accepts me, as a temple, and he accept me as a living sacrifice. I am a candidate to receive his acceptance and his glory. Therefore, every Christian who understands this theology and hungry to be like the tabernacle at that time, to be like the temple of Solomon in that generation, can ask for the glory to fill you, to touch you. And you can walk in the glory all the days of your life. And more and more and more. That's my theology. And that's my belief. That I want to receive more fire. More glory all the days of my life. I'm hungry for the move of God. I'm going to preach about this soon. How can we become hungry for the move of God? I like this song. Lord, I'm hungry for the mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. I love this song because I'm hungry. I want to be that temple. I want to be that tabernacle. This is a living temple. And not only that, at the church level, corporate temple. Each individual is a temple. And as a church, we want to welcome the glory of the Lord, the presence of God. We want him to send his fire into the church. And if we are the glorious church, we are not going to play around with sin in the church. We have to hold the standard of God's moral excellence. Amen? We want to welcome 
and we're gonna become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last day. When we meet Him, we will be like the bride. We are like the wise woman, five wise women who hold the oil in their lamb. We have the glory, the light, the glory, and we live a holy life. That when Jesus come back, He will say, "Come in, you are my bride. You are not." Prostitute, you are not the harlot that commit adultery with the world. You welcome my glory. You love my glory. You love my presence. Should we become that kind of church? We should become that kind of church. Amen. We are not here for religion and ceremony and and all kind of stuff and ritual. We are here to receive the glory of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. When the Bible used the word, wow! I don't have enough time to preach the whole sermon. I should finish soon. When the Bible, I will try to end here and continue next time. When the Bible used the word kabod, k a b o d, kabod. Actually, this word, the Hebrew word, mean something very wealthy, very heavy. How many people like gold? Raise your hand up. Okay. You like gold? Yes. If someone want to give you gold, you will take it. Amen. Oh, if you don't want to take it, I need to scan your brain, have MRI of your brain, whether you are having problem or not in your brain. So, when you want to give gold, do you weigh it? How much gold you have? The more gold, the heavier it is. Is that right? So in the Old Testament time, the word kabod represent a wealthy person, somebody is rich, that put their belongings, their silver and their gold on the back of an animal, and that animal carry the gold and the silver across the desert. That is the picture of kabod, very heavy. Things on the back of an animal, very heavy, wealthy, rich, lots of belongings, lot of gold and silver. The meaning of the word kabod in the Old Testament. So, when we talk about the glory, it means I want not only a lot of gold in my life. I want a lot of the presence of God. I want the heavy presence of God. I want the wealthy, the abundance, the rich presence of God. That's my dream. Before I die, one day I get 80 years old, 90 years old, 100 years old. I pray that the presence of God on my body shall be so strong that when I just walk by somebody, my shadow fall on them. They will get healed. Cancer have to leave. The presence of God so strong, the demon have to leave when I walk into the room. That's my prayer. That's my desire on my life. I don't know about you. I pray like that. I want more glory in my life. Heavy, heavy, weighty, glorious, rich, wealthy, super abundance in the presence of God in my life. I'm hungry. I want more. Amen. Amen? The glory of the Lord. 
And when the glory of the Lord shows up, our physical body sometimes cannot handle the presence of God. What happens if you put your finger in the electric socket? What happens to you? You feel zapped. You feel something go to your body. You may be shaking or you may fall down or something. The same thing when the thick presence of God shows up. You're going to have some reaction in your body. That's why when you go to heaven, you need a new glorious body. This physical body cannot be in heaven. We will be melt in heaven in the thick presence of God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 talk about that. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. We're going to have a new body in heaven according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So when the glory of God come, we're going to have some physical reaction. Can be goosebumps, feel heat, fall down, cry, laugh. Something happened to our body. We have reaction to the thick presence of the Lord. Let me read from Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. And I think I may need to end in order to have time to pray for people. Second Chronicles chapter 5, talking about the glory again. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sacrificed themselves without keeping to their division. And the Levites, who were the singers, and all the Asaph and Haman and Jedutun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, strange instruments, and harps. And with them, 120 priests. It's interesting. The same number as the upper room. This is a prophecy about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Sounding with trumpets. They were worshipping. They were singing, worshipping the Lord. Like in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. You remember Acts chapter 2 talking about all 120 people were worshipping and singing in one accord. Usually, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened when people come and worship together in one accord. Pastor Rodney liked to say this way. I went to Pastor Rodney preaching a lot in, when I started to come into the file of God. And the service started at 7 and end by 11 p.m. or midnight. And he told us that the reason he keep dragging and dragging before he lay hand, before he moved in the fire, because he wants people who is against him, people who don't agree with his teaching, don't agree with the fire, leave the room. Because most people who don't like the fire by 10, they leave. They want to go home and sleep. So he start to move after 10 p.m. So all the people who stay are those who really want the fire to stay there. 
So I understand him that he want unity in that house before the fire of God move. If people come and kind of judging, criticizing, I don't care. It's hard for God to move because there's no unity in that place. People quench the Holy Spirit. They quench the move of God by their own attitude of doubt, lack of reverence, lack of honor, and have some kind of attitude against the move of God. So they were in one accord. They were one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, And instruments of music, and praise the Lord, saying, "For He is good." If you want God to show up, you need to boast about Him that He is good. Amen. Amen. And you need to express your appreciation to His mercy, for His mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled. With a cloud, Shekinah glory, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I pray that one day, New Hope International Church will have that experience, maybe some Sunday. But right now. I still pray because I notice that when I start to lay hand, people start to walk out, start to chit chat, start to talk about looking at their phone. They want to go out to eat lunch. They're not hungry. I hope one of these days you go to mission trip with me, and you will be amazed. People stand in the light for three hours. Outside the room, like going to Disneyland, longer than Disneyland. Disneyland, maybe you wait for longest forty minutes to see whatever inside. Forty minutes. These people were standing in the line for three hours to get into the room to get prayed for, to meet the fire of God. They were so hungry. I hope we will have this in America. That people are hungry for the move of God. We have everything here. We have nice car, nice house. We have all the knowledge in the Bible. Ah, I need to go out. I hurry to go to eat something. I need to enjoy football game. With that attitude, very difficult for God to show up. You need to be hungry. These people were so hungry to worship and worship and worship. They say God is good; His mercy endures forever. And what happened? God showed up. The house filled with the glory. Amen. Amen. I try to encourage all of you to have the right mindset reading the Bible. And when the glory shows up, you will never be the same. He will heal you, touch you. Just like what he did to that lady, one lady came in with a cane. Only first night she threw the cane away. She got healed, and she stopped smoking too. That lady, demon come out from people. One lady almost bankrupt, and after that night, 
God restore her finances. Anything can happen in the glory of the Lord. Amen. We need to welcome the glory like Obed Edom. Welcome the Ark of the Covenant. At that time, after the temple was finished, the building of the temple was finished. Solomon gave offering the gold and silver and furnishings that David prepared for the house of the Lord to the treasury of God's house. And he called all the elders and the heads and the chief and come and bring the Ark of the Covenant into that temple. And as these people worship the Lord, what happened? The glory shows up. Again, the Bible says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the early house. This is the early house. The early house of Solomon. Then the glory showed up again in the upper room. The fire of God fell in the upper room. The glory shows up. And then revival happened in Jerusalem. And the whole world was affected by that generation because the glory shows up. Are we latter house than the early church? Are we latter house compared to the early church? Should we expect thicker glory in this generation? Should we expect the wealthy, rich presence of God? I'm going to talk about this for months. I need to educate my church. I noticed that new members don't know anything about this at all. They have no idea about the glory. They have no idea about being hungry for God. And they're going to keep talking about it because it's important. Amen? Jesus said in the Bible, I will build my glorious church. Glorious church is not a church full of just the word, the Torah, and the programs, and the movie. No. Glorious church is a church that is full of the glory of the Lord. The presence of God is evident. The presence of God is so strong. And people live a holy life. Love the standard moral of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And I tell you right now, I'm that kind of Christian. I'm that kind of pastor. I love the glory. I love holiness. I want New Hope International Church to welcome the glory of the Lord. Everywhere I go in the world, I want the glory of the Lord to show up. I don't want to do anything by myself. I cannot help people. I'm human. The person that cannot change people's life, not me, is the glory. The presence of God. The weighty presence of God shall help people, shall set people free, shall deliver people from demons, shall heal the sick, shall cast out demons, and shall set the captive free. Not me. I'm nothing. I'm just a human being. We need the glory. Thick glory. But you need to be hungry for the glory. You need to welcome the glory. And you should say, never enough. More. More, more. 
German language say mare, mare glory, more glory. Amen. Amen. But it's the Laotian language for glory, uh, for more. Any Laotian in here? Huh? Lai? Lai Lai de. How about Chinese, uh, Mandarin? What is Mandarin word for more? Gua. Gung Gua. Oh, okay. Gung Gua, glory. Gung Gua. <laughs> I need to learn later on. <laughs> Difficult word for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you understand the word glory more. I'm not done yet. This is just half of the lesson. The definition of the glory of God. In conclusion, the glory means God's standard of his moral excellence. When he shows up, he expects his standard. And we want to live like Jesus. We want to live in his standard of moral excellence. If you want more glory, you need to repent of your sin. The glory of the Lord cannot work with people who love to sin. Who just want to do whatever they want. You need to live a life that fears God and repent of your sin. So that you can be the container of the glory. Number two. The glory, kabod means... Thick, heavy manifestation of the presence of God that man can see and feel and touch and experience. And that's what happened in the Old Testament and happened in the book of Acts as well. Next time we will come back to learn more. I'm going to show you many scriptures that talk about the glory of the Lord and we understand more. Amen? So from now on, how many people say, I understand the glory more? How many people hook up your heart with the glory by faith now? You have faith? Can the glory touch you? You need to be hungry? You need to yield? You need to surrender? Why all these people fall on the ground? All these priests? Because they surrender. They surrender to God. God, whatever you want to do, Go for it. Come and touch me. I surrender to you. You don't come to God with your mental capacity. You come to God by your heart. Your heart say, I'm hungry. I want to change. I want you to fill my life. I don't want to be the same. It's not about theological in your brain. Here, theological mindset is about the heart of hunger. Amen. So I teach all of these things so you understand. We will continue next time. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us from the scriptures the glory of God. Lord, help Christians in this generation to understand, to welcome, to be hungry for the glory of God. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're the God of Moses, Joshua, Solomon. The same God that showed up in the tabernacle, at the mountain, in the temple, 
of Solomon, Lord. The same God that the early church disciples, 120 of them, serve and worship in the upper room. Oh Lord, I believe heaven is still open today. I believe it's your desire to pour your glory into your house, individual temple and the corporate temple. Lord, we come tonight as a living sacrifice. We're going to lay down on the altar and let your glory fill this house. And the fire come down to burn this offering. Burn all the junk. Burn all the chaff. All the dross. All the human things. All the demonic things in our life. So that you can fill us with your presence. With your brightness. With your radiance. With your perfection. Your moral excellence. Change us, Lord. We want to become like Jesus in this generation, Lord. Fill us, Lord, tonight. Fill the hungry heart, Lord. Help your people to understand and have faith in this truth, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Yeshua Hamakshik. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com.